Blog Talk Radio. There we go. It's that beautiful British voice again saying Blog Talk Radio. Isn't that nice? This is your host, Dr. Deb Carlin, and this is Blog Talk Radio. The show is The K Factor, where K equals kindness, and the factors are all the things that lead to it. And my co host, <laughs> my hilarious co host, who's got a multitude of things on his plate. <clears throat> I love it when he gets to be here. And in his in his absence, well, he's not here quite yet, um, let me read to you what I wrote about the show today. It says, Ron Williams and Dr. Deb Carlin come together to shift the narrative off of the screaming stories and fights between what political party affiliation you are and backed into a corner, we're going back into simplicity, not a corner. The fact is that amidst the news, what really matters is you. You know, when when Ron first proposed to me that we call this, oh, there he is. <laughs> Ding dong. Do. We have visitors? I just finished a uh, lunch with my little boy, so it took a little while to bring my check. I apologize. No, no. Here we are. Okay. Are so, who did you have lunch with? Which little guy? Bright, stick your head out. And Brighton Star. Hi, Brighton Star. How are you, darling? You're so cute. You have such a curious look on your face. How are you back there? Good. Glad to hear it. So you two went and you had lunch? Yeah. Great. How's the sound? Can you hear me okay? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to turn the volume up on my end because I don't want to miss a single word. Now, ah, come on. Alrighty, put it up there. There we go. All right. Say what? Oh my gosh. Yes, no, we are not taking calls right now. Did you get those sunburns this weekend? What do you got going there? Yeah, sun is kissing my face. I love the sun. I'm a complete sun lover. How do you like the sun? Do you love the sun? I do. I'm a big sun person, yes. Yeah, it's marvelous out there. And today, my friend, is the last day of summer. Oh yep, and tomorrow is the I'm first Today's tomorrow's first day of autumn. What's your preference? What? Preference? About the seasons? Season? Yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. Every season, I think, is my favorite season while we're in the season. <laughs> I do. And then with the transition of the season, like I love summer. I love being outside. I love being in the water. I love the sailboats and, and the yachts and 
the water boards and, and, and all that. And then I love that um, you can be in the sand and it's hot. You have to put on thongs because it's so hot it scorches your feet. And I love baking in the sun and getting so tired by the sun and the heat that it just puts you to sleep. And then when summer comes to a close like this, I want them to leave the pools open and I get a little fussy about it. And then I think, oh, yay, it's autumn. We're, now we're going to see the changing of the leaves. We get to wear sweaters. Soon I get to wear my Ugg boots. Uh, I'm with you on all that. I kind of, first I'm like, okay, I don't want summer to, I mean, I want summer to end. I want it to end. All of a sudden it ends, and I'm like, hey, wait a minute. That? (laughs) Yes, the childlike quality that we share. Where did it go? Yeah, it is all good. Okay, so so what I was telling our what I was telling our viewership is that we we come together to change the narrative of the stories that are the screaming stories and the fights between what political party affiliation you are you are a part of, you know, people are yelling and screaming about this and arguing and hurling insults. And we're not, we're not talking about party affiliation here. We're talking about our belief systems and we wanted to come together to do this show to get people to think critically about what the issues really are and, and hear from an independent place, what it is that's actually taking place in our country and what it is that we think is hog manure and what it is that we think is genuine that we need to be concerned about. Yeah, I was watching the news last night and, you know, I think you and I have discussed this. No matter what side of the aisle you're on and you're watching this, the wrong argument is to argue on behalf of, a, of one of the candidates. The right argument is to, not even argument, the right approach is to align with whatever agenda you align with the most that, that meets your values and, your, and the vision for America. Because last night, they were showing Biden doing a speech, and he said, and that coronavirus is getting all packed. He goes, two million people will be dead by the end of my speech. And he was dead serious. Oh, and, no. And, you know, just, just, just kind of not back what faculties aren't there. So it's, um, you know, that's tough. That's tough to defend the candidate. And sometimes Trump will do a tweet that we all go, okay, he didn't have to do that, you know, kind of a thing. I think what we're all looking for is the agenda. What I what I want to know is what are you going to do for our country? What are you going to do to restore peace? What is it that you're going to be able to do to make things better for all of us here in America? Because the way that it is right now is not acceptable. I don't want people walking around scared. I don't want to see people um, out there freaking out because they can't go where it is that they'd like to go to shop, to play, to walk, to park their car, to take a drive. I mean, I feel the pinch of that. And, and so, you know, we have brought up the issues and the problems many times. I'm actually pulling up our Facebook page. Have you looked at it? 
I looked at it when I was driving yesterday, but I'm going to study it tonight. I'm going to make a few. I, I, I did some lights or something. I think it was yesterday. Okay. So I pulled up um, photos of us because we don't have a single photo of us together. So I took a photos. I went to Google. I Googled your name with images, my name with images. I just put them up there so people can see who are these, who are these characters. And so I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. A, I'm gonna do a screen share here, okay? And pull it up so that so that people can see what it is that we've got going on here. So it's this, and you'll you'll have to tell me when you see it, because it's hard for me to tell when it is that you can see it. Can you see it? I can see it. All American right. Flag. Yeah. So, and then here we've got our logo is best of the best. And yes, it's because I think Ron and I are the best of the best. But what we really think is that our country is the best of the best. And all of our, all of our listeners and friends are the best of the best. And so here's what I say is, is uh, here's, here's a sample of the list. You know, so Ron and I look at what's troubling and share ideas for solutions called America in 2020. So you can see that there's 20, 1 through 20 listed there. And I just grabbed my, I mean, I could do this a thousand times and it would and it would be different content. But just to give people a start. So, I mean, we're, we're tiny. We've only got less than 20 people who this reached. But 1 through 20 on there, I listed it. And if we want to figure out ways to boost, that's great. And then look, here's another one. Wonderful energy is available to us. This is my good friend, Shelly. Shelly Waldman Barr. She's a radio personality in St. Louis on KSLQ. And her wonderful daughter, Tiffany Gaines. Tiffany sang the national anthem. She's got a beautiful voice at the O'Fallon Chamber of Commerce for their golf tournament. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, that's about uh, engagement. And look, then here we are, your co-host. Oh, very cool. <laughs> yeah. And so what I'm saying is we're here to deliver the message that in, in the sea of media, you are the news. And as Ron has shared before, you for you is an entire philosophy about how precious you are, unique and splendid, and to be treasured always. Did I get it right? The you of you, but yes. Oh, the you of you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll let it. I'll let it pass. And then, uh, you know, and and I shared being partners in excellence is a lifelong theme. And that's my dedication to teaching you to believe that you've got your inner strength and you can build it. And then there's the handwritten copy of the Wetchmavoodle. And then this was the post that we opened up the site with was the Statue of America, Lady of Liberty. And, you know, look, we're right here doing life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that's the thing that we want people to know. That is the best of the best, right? Amen. Those are the those are the higher values of our country right there. Those are the higher values of our country right there. Absolutely. So, you know, Ron, um, 
in putting this list together of of the the twenty the twenty things, it's really interesting because I did not mention any of the political themes in terms of um, race. I talked about other things, and I don't think that I'm skirting issues. I just think that people have to understand that there's an awful lot more for us to discuss about people's health and well-being, our relationships. Oh, my gosh, some of the conversations around that I've had with people who I love and like, and they they don't even want to listen if there's a hint of anything. They make an assumption about, you know, well, who are you voting for? Well, what, what side are you on? You know what? I'll tell you what side I'm on. I'm on the side of America. So why don't you tell me who do I vote for in order to preserve America, to to treasure core American values, to uh, treasure the family unit, to treasure capitalism, which um, is a way of government that allows us to make as much money as possible and decide what to do with it because it's ours. I agree, you know, and the funny thing is, is that they're trying not to be uh, politically correct. I find that the more politically correct I try to be, the more racy I sound, you know, like I'm, like I have all this energy on it. And the truth of the matter is I don't have all this energy on it, you know. There was a comment made once that there's the red side, the blue side, you know, the Republicans and the Democrats. And I said in a post, I said, but the flag is red, white, and blue. Maybe there's a white side that was deemed as racist. You know, so what? I'm like, come on, guys. Maybe there's just something neutral that's a blank canvas waiting to be painted, whatever color it is, guys. Funny because I don't think we should try to be so politically correct. You know, um, there's a lot of things out there that we can, that we, we know we have work on doing. You know, um, there's a lot of people of, of color. There's a lot of people that are white or Asian or or, or Latin that that have a ways to go. You know, and and uh, but. But that's why we're here on Earth. We're here to kind of get better and improve. But it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen gunpoint. It's not going to happen with, with anger, you know. So, yeah. You know, it's funny because I had a conversation with somebody over the weekend about um, being a woman. And and the accusation that I got was, as women, of course, it's been horrible. We've had to we've had to fight for everything that we get. We've had to put up with men and all their sickening comments and sexist and being assaulted. And I said, I actually have not. Well, that's not true. Yes, you have. And I said, no, it's my experience. I'm telling you, I have not. As a matter of fact, I mean, I know how to swear, make no mistake. But in the company of gentlemen, and even gentlemen who don't call themselves gentlemen, they just call themselves the guys. Men don't make nasty comments. And when men swear, they'll they'll do something like, oh, you know, sorry about that, Doc, or, oh, you know, pardon my French, and I'll say, well, you do realize that you weren't speaking French, right? <laughs> so people make this assumption that we're all victims. No, we're not. Yeah, my mom. My mom was a single mom, and she used to say the same thing as you. She would say, well, I don't know. I think men are a lot easier to, in some ways, to kind of contend with because she made a comment. She goes, you know, 
a men's locker were a, a men's locker room stinks and a woman's is dirty. <laughs> oh. and, uh, she, she had a hard time sometimes as a single mom yeah. getting along with women, I suppose. You know, that was an experience she had. Yeah, right. Well, you know, <clears throat> in the days when we can find ourselves being kinder and gentler, we'll make a kind of progress that we have yet to know. Well, with the, with the world and the right now, the world seems to be in the balance of all this. And that's I've never felt like this before. You know? I, have you? No, no, I haven't. As a matter of fact, I had a very interesting weekend because you know I'm a, a an early riser and I like to get up and see every sunrise. I laid in my bed, I watched the sunrise, and then I I news and I just it was like I could not I could not quite recover from the the heaviness of the day you know we had we had um Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away and and you know it's just it was it was it was important to make note of but people go so overboard with with um, a, a glorification of a human being, I, I think it's lovely that you're that you're so accomplished that people are making note of it. But the other part of that reality is a lot of people didn't know what she did, didn't know who she was. They're just tagging along because we go, yeah, this is our next thing here. And if you ask them, what did she do? What legislation, what law did she uphold? What negotiation did she do? Who were her friends? What was her life? You know, people are just, you know, it's that old, it's that old saying, Ron, of being on the bandwagon. Yeah, everything. It doesn't matter what it is today. It gets politicized. Everything. Somebody's death, somebody's wedding. <laughs> You know, somebody's dinner, somebody's breakfast, you know, it's all politicized. Yeah. And 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 so in the midst of honoring, here's what I think is so ironic and so disrespectful. We're honoring this woman for her life and honoring that she has passed. And we need to say things that are loving to her survivors, right? But no, boom, goes into a fight. I got to pick a replacement. Don't you dare pick a replacement. Here would be the replacements. No, don't do that. And I'm thinking, wait a second. Have we actually buried this woman yet? Right. That's a really good point. Why in the world do we do that? Why do we jump to that? And what are we teaching our children? Right. I'm going to a better shade. It's just like they're filthy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We don't get to even honor this woman. Yeah. We're on to the next. You know, clearly she served our country. You know, and we're on to the next. And it's just uh, that I don't think I agree with that. You know? No. It's just darn disrespectful. I mean, you know, if you're when 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 I've had a pet, a family member, 
or a friend die. I I spend time really in reflection about that being. And do you buy a pet before you bury the other one? Never. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. It's interesting. And then, you know, the higher you go up, then you're going to hear the argument as to why everybody's fighting over it. You know, if the world really is in the balance, what does this mean? So it's, it's all pretty convoluted right now. So on our list of 20, if you and I were going to put it together together, what do you think would be our item number one in terms of what our primary issue is? Do you have 20 of them written there right now? Yeah, but we got to do a new list. Right. Onward and upward. Teamwork. So who made the list you have there? Well, this one, this one's the blank one. Then I put, I posted one upon our Wachmaboodle. And so I think we should do one together, even if we only get through one item and we build it. Well, you're talking about 20 solutions to equality. No, I'm talking about in America in 2020, your list of on one side issues. Your list in 2020 in America, your your issues, the issues, and the solutions. Anything that you're concerned about. Wow. I want you to. Okay. I think the first thing I would say is that we need to stop feeding racism. That would be my first one. Um, who's that act? Morgan Freeman is the one who said, when we, t- when we talk about it, it exists. And that, that, he's so right. But I think we've been making lots of progress. And, you know, while there's been setbacks, I think there's been 50 pieces of progress to every one setback. And yeah. so it's not like we're trying to overlook the setback, but let's onward and upward, baby. Well, you know, I I will tell you, okay, so I'm going to say feeding racism, that's a concern. Um, You know, the interesting thing, Ron, is I didn't understand when I first heard it, I didn't understand exactly his conversation, but the point is, is, isn't racism when we're continuing to look at color and make determinations about people based on their color? So why do we keep looking at why do we keep doing it? So what's the solution? Stop well, talking. Stop talking about it. Even even the emojis, they come in various colors, you know. Yeah. That's, the problem. That's feeding it, you know. Um, there's uh, there's there are white there are white privileges in certain areas of the country that I'd like to do away with. There is Miss Black America. What if we had Miss White America? They go nuts. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, right. So we just have to stop feeding it. You know, you have you have a black college. Well, what if it's a white college? You know, that would not apply either. So I'm just saying we have to kind of stop feeding it. Even get those little colored emojis in. I don't care if they're black. Just get rid of the, all the various colors. Right. I send my I send my thumb up, and if I get the wrong color, like oh, that's too light or that's too dark, <laughs> I stress a little bit. 
Well, so what what color should they be? Oh, that's a great color. That's a great question. Um, I don't know. I would like for some creative, peacemaking human being to come up with new emojis that don't have, you know, racial correctness to them. Because funny, you know, it's so funny. I know. In the summertime, in the summertime I go with the darker time because I'm really tan. <laughs> you know, I feel, I, for me, it's just like humoring, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and Black Lives Matter has made it so uncomfortable knowing that they do matter, but it's almost now like, I don't know. It's, Very self-conscious. It's self-conscious. You see a black person in the grocery store and you're like, let's see, am I, you know, it's just, it, it's, energy arises out of it, you know, and I'd rather just the love and acceptance arise out of it, not all the energy that goes with it, you know. Yeah. That's all. I don't think any any race should be coddled. <laughs> white, white people should not be coddled. In. Nobody should be coddled. We should all be equal and equal opportunity and yeah, we got a ways to go. I acknowledge that, but that, that's just the vision, I suppose. Well, I agree with the vision. I think that the problem with racism is if we're looking at one particular race, it really is racist because we're forgetting about everybody else. Yeah, we're we're being asked to be race racy a little bit in some ways, and even somewhat inauthentic. And I know that's painful for some to hear, but we're kind of inauthentically kind of succumbing to the fear around the race and. So, as a Caucasian female, you know, pink, (laughs) um, ah, you know what? You have a point there. What if emojis were pink or blue? Then they'd be sexist. What what happens when you mix Asian blue? Purple. Purple. That would be perfect because purple is the is the color of royalty and the color and it was, supposedly is the color of God. <clears throat> and and it frequency, would be, it would be an identifier though too. Yeah, and, and in and in frequency medicine, energy medicine, I think I think that I think that uh, purple is the highest color. Yes, it is. I like that. Okay, so the second on our list is emojis. Yeah, I just <laughs> wrote that. I did. Color emojis. Make it only one. I like that. And you know what? And make it purple. Right, right. Make it a make it a color that no human being wears, you know? What do you mean? I wear it. No, no. Skin-wise. Oh, skin-wise. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my. That was such a female statement. Right <laughs> I wear it all the time. I actually, and I used to, I've gone through a purple phase where I love purple. Purple and periwinkle. I got a lot of it. And turquoise. And, well, yeah, right. And I could go on and on. I don't need to do that. Um. <laughs> How dare you discriminate against the wardrobe? Um, I like those things. Now, see how awesome that is? 
Yeah. Because it's that's just a, that, that, that's a profound little thing because we're teaching our children to see color right now. We're teaching them, oh, what color should their thumbs up be? Uh, yeah. You know, just, right. It's 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 stress over something that should not be stress. It should be the opposite. It should be loving and peaceful and calm. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And fun. Yeah, fun. Amen. Oh, I got to say the funniest story. Okay. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> I coach my boys' football games over the weekend. My second son, he's really funny. You know, Truman? He's kind of, yeah, he's very literal. He's, a, he's witty. Yeah. Super funny, and he's everything's literal. So, this is the kid that wore the poop emoji for, for Halloween, and somebody said, hi, poop. He goes, hey, wait, you know me? You know, and that's just, he's just dead serious. You know, he yeah. wore that thing like it, like it was a crown. So, we go to the football game. And I got to the team together. It was like 12, 12 players on our team. Yeah. The parents are standing around us. The other team is maybe 12 feet away. Yeah. With their 12 players and yeah. their parents. Yeah. Now, I live in Utah, southern Utah. It's not the most cultured, okay? So we're having a huddle, and Truman interrupts me in the huddle. And he goes, hey, wait, is that Josh? And we all, and all the parents, all the team, they look over to the other team. And he goes, hey, he's in my class. Is that him? He's going, I can't tell. Hang on, guys. Hey, Josh. And the one black kid on the team goes, hey, Truman. (laughs) Now, there's a perfect example that he did not see color. I love that. And and, and we're in southern Utah, so it's not like, you know, it was that part of a determination to make. I love that. That's what made it so funny. And so after after Josh goes, hey, Truman, he goes, Yep, that's him. <laughs> oh, so cute. That's exactly how it's supposed to be. One of my favorite things on on Facebook is pictures of, of little kids who are hugging and they think they're brothers and they're two yeah. different colors. Right. You know, today I went to Truman's school before I took Brighton to lunch and I went to recess and guess who Truman was playing with? Josh. Josh is the sweetest little boy, by the way. So, very cool stuff. Yeah. And you know what, Ron? There are going to be people who are listening to us thinking, what are they talking about? No, they, that didn't happen. No, they don't do that. And, and, you know, have you ever had anybody tell you that you were too good to be true? Uh, yeah, no, yes, yeah. Me too. And what I what I say is, if you think I'm too good to be true, it's because I am that true. So why don't you allow trust to happen? Why don't you just float into the space with us? That's what I want people to do on this show. Just float into the space with us. I mean, come on. Does it not look like we're having fun here? Yeah, play along with it because if we can't, talk about things that openly or what it really is, then we're completely wasting all of each other's time right now. We're not making any progress. But if we can actually talk about it and maintain a level of good, pure intention, then that's what it's all about. And if anybody who wants to be the scorekeeper, you know, the critic up in the skybox, you said one word wrong, your reference to Josh, whatever it is, that's the wrong spirit. And what happened was beautiful on that day. And all the parents just melted by how cute it was because Truman turned to the team and goes, yep, that's him. (laughs) 
and how old is he? He just turned seven, like uh, a week ago. Uh, that's exactly what we want. That's what we want for our children. Yeah. The the complete oblivion. Wouldn't it be nice if we could all just do that better, you know? Yeah. And you, you go to and you go to Europe, and the funny thing is, there's not a lot of energy towards any of this stuff. Yeah. They just all coexist, you know, peacefully. Nobody apologizes for their color or not, or gets angry. For the most part, it's pretty positive. So why do you think that is, Ron? Because America. I, I don't know. I, I, you're asking. I have no clue. I can give you my opinion. My opinion is America is a very abundant, wealthy, free land. And because it's so amazing on one, on, you know, on one, the, the polarity is so far over here, don't ever expect anything other than equal polarity in opposition. Yeah. It, never com- it never comes mismanaged. They're always in equal clarity. Small vision, small adversity. Ginormous potential, ginormous adversity. They never come unequipped. They come in equal clarity. So how do we deal with that here and make our nation of great abundance seem more like a, a village? Yeah, it's really how we choose to see it, Deb, because I have been very blessed, and I have traveled this planet like you would not believe. I've been pretty much everywhere, okay? And at first, I would leave, and I would sort of be a little apologetic for America having too much, or we we get overweight, you know, we we have all the prescription this and that, and plastic surgeries out the wild. I mean, there's things about us that you know, kind of a manifestation of our culture. But then after traveling and seeing what the world views, how they view it, it's really a matter of what you choose to see. Because it doesn't matter what city, what state, what country you're in, whatever you want to see, you're going to find. Yeah. You want to see greatness, you want to see freedom, you want to see potential and possibility, you want to see abundance. And look at America and you're going to find it like nowhere. If you want to see all the other things that you choose to see, and that's where you want to hang your hat and camp, no offense, that applies to everything in life, including your job, including your children, including your community. That's how life works. You see what you want to see. You see kind of where you're projecting, where your worldviews are, is what your results will be absolutely clear. You want to shift your results, shift your worldviews. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I completely appreciate that. So... I've traveled the world too and and have and have been in the midst of people who every now and again I thought to myself, um, the Americans that I was with needed to when in Rome, you know, fall in. And 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 then when you really do appreciate how beloved we are, how respected we are. I mean, people talk about, oh, you can't travel around the world. People hate Americans. Yeah, well, if you go and you act like a pig, if you go and you act arrogant and commanding and demanding, yeah, that's true. But I, I have never traveled in another in another country where I felt like people hated me. You know, I went to Dubai, and I was actually intimidated 
to go to Dubai. I was afraid because I thought, is it American woman? Is it American woman, you know, whose, whose hair is free and I'm wearing makeup and jewelry and, um, you know, not, it was summer. So I, I didn't, I wasn't going to go, I, I would go sleeveless, but I had a shawl and I had sweaters and things that I would wear, but you know, like I wanted to wear open toed shoes and I just made sure that I wore dresses that were like mid calf so that they were still, I felt like an American and not oppressed or repressed, but I was greeted with tremendous elegance and grace and there was nothing to be afraid of. And when I was with people who were very obviously the natives there, I knew to just be respectful. And I think when you are, you don't encounter the kinds of issues and problems. They didn't see me as something horrible. But before I went there, I was afraid that they would. And I doubt that you cast any limiting energy moments upon them. I'm sure you showed up the way you show up. And, you know, that's how... That's how human beings work. It's not about a country or a color. That's just how human beings work. So one of our concerns is the energy and the negativity of it, right? Right. And what we want is we want, we want energy with optimism and love. Is that I correct? Like yeah. Yeah. I have, I have. I know what my next post is going to be on our page. Can you tell me? Or... Yeah. It's a big glass gallon bottle filled with uh-huh. water, and it's got optimism written across it. And I always put it up and say, "Drink it up." <laughs> I love it. Have a big tall glass every day and keep hydrating all day long. I I would love to see us. In the next era, um, hold the media to the you know, to the fire. In other words, create enough alternative media that truth lies somewhere out there, and it's not the loudest. The loudest is not the truest in today's world. Um, yeah. And, and and so I would love to see us become media aware. Would be probably the way to say it. Okay. By the way, when we are offline, I have a great deal to talk to you about along those very lines. And I and I will say it's not just about becoming a media aware, but it's about exactly what we started out saying on this show. We are the news. <laughs> we are the media. An opportunity landed right smack here in my hands today in the golden basket of opportunity. Oh. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, you know, I just think it's uh, I think it's fun and empowering to be able to research things and know for, for certainty, you know, uh, because, man, for a while, I, I'll admit, before I, before Trump, to be honest with you, I never even really thought fake news, I sometimes would go, man, 
this feels one-sided. I remember feeling that a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, this feels one-sided, but I never thought fake or no. agenda. I just felt it was one-sided. And then all of a sudden, he kind of pointed it out. And boy, once he started pointing it out, it didn't get better. It got worse. So um, I just think we need to, and it goes both ways. Oh, yeah. There's no innocent parties here, except us. Yeah, yeah we're the ones telling the truth. <laughs> we're the ones saying it like it is. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss with us, baby. <laughs> so I think, you know, I, I also had a conversation with somebody, you know, we were talking about things that were going on in the country, and I said, well, the thing that I am most upset about it's not the biology of the coronavirus. You've heard me say this on multiple of our of our shows. It's not the it's not the the biology of the coronavirus. It's the sociology of it. It's the social psychology of it. And the the reaction was, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "Well, you know, these masks they're not healthy to wear." And people have gotten so afraid. One of my concerns for people, and I'm going to put this next on our list, we're on to number five here, is fear. And people are so filled. You can't live in fear. It's not healthy. And you had called it out perfectly. You're the one who nicknamed the mask the face diaper. You want to hear something funny this morning? I took a picture of it. Hang on, I'm going to read it to you really quickly. Can you still hear me? Oh, yeah. I'm going to read this to you. I took a picture of this. This was, um, where's it at? Hang on, here we go. This is the Wall Street Journal. It says, for months, the CDC said the new coronavirus is primarily transmitted between people in close contact through large droplets that land in the mouth or nose of people nearby. On Friday, ah, on Friday, however, it added that tiny particles known as aerosols could transmit the virus. On Monday, the CDC reversed course and removed the additions. Much of the guidelines' earlier descriptions of the larger droplets is true. So they're just, they're just going back and forth, and it's not the miniature tiny droplets, it's the larger ones they're saying. Again, I don't even know if I believe any of this crap. But I'm, I'm just being completely blunt. Uh, but the fact that it's just vacillating all over the place, yeah. you know, it, it's just, it's hard for us Americans to take the choice. And the funny thing is, we pay the bill for all this, and, and we're supposed to be dictated to? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> right. That's right. So when you when you are talking about science, if you were really talking about science without any politics, it's very clear. You start out with a hypothesis and you test to see if it is null. You know, and and you do your research and you do a research methodology that is appropriate. You carry out your study. You analyze it using the appropriate statistical analysis and that gives you your answer. So this flipping around is intolerable to me because people are talking and saying no this is the science step this is the science okay do you know science 
interesting. You're kind of provoking an interesting idea. Okay. I'm just going to think about it a little bit longer, though. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> We're keeping secrets today. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, well, <laughs> yeah, we are. We both are. <laughs> We're on, a, we're on a show, right? Okay. Yeah. So all, all, all I'm saying is that I find it interesting if news became, there was a site that taught you steps one, two, and three to verify truth and news. Oh. That's it. That's my idea. Like, it's called uh, News, where you get to do your own research, but it shows you steps one, two, and three to fact, not Agenda, not not twisted facts, real facts. Okay. All right, I wrote that down. So, for fear, how to address fear? And now people are. I don't know how to address the fear because part of me wants to have people do heart math or meditation or something and I know people are going to go talk to their physicians and depending on who the physician is they're going to be wavering all over the place. There are so many physicians who have had their licenses threatened. There's so many physicians who have been fined for opening up their mouth. It's not okay. Since when are physicians not allowed to speak to science? That just makes no sense. Well, I'll tell you when that happened, Ron. When when we had doctors who would get paid with, you know, livestock, food, baked goods, and they were the country doctor, they would never be able to charge you a million dollars for an operation because there were not big hospitals that were these sterile environments. So you went into an operating room that was, you know, certainly compromised and had your appendix taken out or whatever, your tonsils or whatever it was that the procedure was, had your legs sawed off, whatever. But you knew as that physician that the people had to be able to figure out a way to pay, so you had to keep the costs in balance. So really, quite frankly... The worst and the best thing that we did in this country was we came up with health insurance and hospitals, and we put a billing department in between the care provider and the patient. I can charge you whatever I want because I don't have to look you in the eyes. I don't have to hear your sad story. I don't have anything to do with it. And if you can't pay the bill, then you're not part of our practice. And if you can't pay the bill and produce insurance, then you don't get to come into the hospital. And, and, and HMOs were the very first ones that I recall having experience with where the accountants were the ones telling the doctors, no, you can't do that procedure, and telling psychologists and psychiatrists, you know, you, you can only do this many visits to help the person get better, and you can only charge this much money well, wait a second. When did you get your credentials to be able to dictate that? So, yeah. right? Yeah, it's the financial decisions, not medical decisions. Exactly. Financial decisions, not medical decisions. So, you know, when people are talking about health care, 
and you you and I have both been involved with wellness and well-being and the products for that. And people say, oh, I love the idea. Will that be covered by my health insurance? No. No. This comes out of your pocket. Of course not, because they can't patent nature. (laughs) They can only patent synthetic pharmaceuticals, which is the study of pharmacology, which is how do poisons react in the body. So when when we're looking at all this and and we've got we've got our fears and we've got our concerns, one of my concerns is 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 the myth of health care and health insurance. I'll never forget doing an event with Dr. Mark Levy. My internal medicine physician, brilliant PhD chemist, who is awesome, and our Tibetan monk, Lama Lapsang, and the audience said, well, what do the three of you do for health care? And I said, I do mind-body medicine, and I consult with Lama, and I consult with, with Dr. Levy. And Dr. Levy said, well, I take care of myself. I go to my friends when I need help. I've got health insurance. And I've got it on my whole family. And then I, you know, the, the audience was really curious about Lama. What do you do for for health insurance, Lama? And he takes his fist and he bangs it on his sternum. And he says, "This is my health care right in here. I'm completely accountable. I am completely accountable for my health. There is no bill to pay. There is no one to tell me." From the outside in, what's wrong with me, what it is I need to do. I have to be in tune enough with myself. And, you know, I think that that's a, I think that that's a brilliant point. Well, if you think about it, that's right on. Because insurance was supposed to be a default mechanism, not like a primary way of looking at your overall health, you know. Right. Um, you may have heard, but thousands of years ago, there used to be what was called the superior position. And the superior physician was somebody who only got physician when you were healthy. Oh, so really? could, you, could you imagine going into that doctor and the questions that he or she would ask? They would say, so how you getting some air, you getting some water, you getting some sunshine, are you eating, you know, eight to ten servings of fruits and vegetables a day? A day? Are you exercising? You know, how you, are you getting out and playing once in a while? And how are those relationships? And, hey, you know, try to bring in some spirituality, you know, some prayer, meditation, whatever you do. That's the superior position because the insurance was for the default. Somebody uh-huh. who needs stitches, a fracture, or some genetic disposition that needs help. I get it. But, man, it's not supposed to be the fast lane. No. I know. I love that. That's perfect. Well, we've got five minutes left, and we've got nine things on our list. I think if we could get one more. We could we could build the second half of it. We could be contemplative tonight, and we could build the second half of it tomorrow. This is really important because I think that people will see we all have a variety of concerns. I would say unite Americans. Forget about color right now. Because you know, look, color you have black on white crimes. You have white on white. You have every color on every color. You got white people disagreeing with white people. You got Latin people feeling kind of you know, left out and unthought of and 
mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on. I would love to see us unite America. Yeah. Like have some theme that says what unites us, you know? Yes. What does? We'll think on that one. We'll think on that one between now and tomorrow. Can I throw out some right. ideas? Yeah. The very first thing that unites us is our home. Okay. We need to have our own homes. We need to have our parents. We need to have our loved ones. We need our family. Home and family is sacred. Yeah, so that's really good, Deb. I mean, you know this, obviously, from a very statistical, clinical, you know, you know it hands-on. So I think that what unites us is bringing back the family unit to some degree, you know? Yeah. And, and, the, and the community-minded, the village-eyes. Yes. Tomorrow, tomorrow on the show, talk about the village-eyes. We're going to have a really good talk. The village-eyes. Yes. I love that. And it will blow your mind. It's really. Really. That's awesome. All right. Can you stick around for a minute? I'm going to close this out. Yes, ma'am. I'm going to pick up my daughter from school about three minutes before I took off. So, yes. Okay. Perfect. Friends, this is your host, Dr. Deb Carlin with Ron Williams. And we are going to sign off for today. And we will look forward to seeing you tomorrow.